Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. And welcome to the Encouragement Group, the group that we do each and every Friday because we know that weekends can be tough. We know that holidays can be tough. And oftentimes, we get through that grind Monday to Friday, and the weekend comes, and we start to develop a brand new illness. Somehow we get this weekend wellness thing where somehow we believe that whatever work we have done here, whatever time we have spent here is enough. But gentlemen, please be reminded that we did not bring you here to do some of the work. We did not bring you here to do most of the work. We brought you here to do all of the work, to leave no stone unturned. You've tried taking half measures in other programs. And many of you guys have come here saying, I've done more work here than I've ever done before. The question is not how much. The question is, have you been willing to do it all? St. Christopher's Inn has been here for over a hundred years. We are a spiritual dumping ground where you can leave all of your spiritual garbage. We have tremendous outcome statistics. We follow you guys for a year after completing treatment. But we don't have any statistics on those who don't complete treatment. So gentlemen, today, the fact that you are sitting in a seat here now means that hope and opportunity exists for you. And even if you've chosen up until this point to be a knucklehead, even if you've chosen to this point to do things selfishly and my way, and somehow you came to this idea that somehow I know better, today may be the day. Today, I hope the day is the day that you're going to take on a co-pilot in this journey. You know, if I asked you to get on a plane that's going to fly across country... And the pilot says to you, uh, yeah, by the way, my co-pilot called in sick. A lot of you would be nervous about taking that journey when there's nobody to help. This journey is not meant to be done alone. We are here to be your co-pilots, to be your guides, to be of service to you in this journey because what you've done in the past is you've tried to do this on your own. You've tried to do this your way. And that flight crashed crashed and burned. Hope and opportunity exists for you, and you have no bigger fans and no bigger cheerleaders than the staff and the friars here at St. Christopher's Inn. And when I thought about what I wanted to talk with you guys today, I have uh, Colleen's track to thank for this because they gave me this idea, these ideas I never know where they're going to come from. And I'm sitting in a group yesterday, and this, this image came to me. And uh, what I want to talk with you for a moment or two today is the concept of Stretch Armstrong and recovery. Now, for those of you who are old enough to remember Stretch Armstrong, Stretch Armstrong was a plastic sort of rubbers kind of doll that you know was made for boys as kids, and you can stretch that thing as far as your arms could reach. It gave you a little resistance, but it always managed to stretch and you can pull it and move it and do all this stuff. 
So what does a what does a Stretch Armstrong doll have to do with recovery at all? What does a kid's toy have to do with recovery? Well, you know, when you think about your lifestyle of use, so many of you guys drew lines in the sand and you said, I'm not going to cross this line. I'm not going to stretch beyond this. I'm not going to let it get out of hand. And what you found is that you kept moving that line further and further. Many of you can identify with some of this. You know, I just drink. I I won't ever smoke pot. And then you said, you know what? Smoking pot doesn't seem so bad. A lot of people doing it. And then somebody introduces you to some Vicodin or some Percocet or some Oxycontin. And you say, I'm not going to do that. And then you try it and you go, hey, it's pretty good. I move the line a little bit further. I stretch a little bit further. And then we find out that the price of those pills start going up. And we say, I'm never going to do heroin, only to find that heroin's a lot cheaper. So we move the line a little bit further. Then we say to ourselves, what? I'm only going to sniff it. I'm not going to let it get out of hand. I'm never going to shoot drugs. Only to find that we stretched ourselves a little bit further. We never thought we'd be in a position where we'd overdose. We never thought we'd stretch ourselves to the point where we'd be caught by the law. We always thought we were smart enough not to stretch ourselves to be caught by our families. We always wanted to make people believe that we had it under control. And when our families found out and we told them we'd never do it again or it's not that bad, we found ourselves stretching even further. We had jobs, we had school, we had opportunities that we put off, that we stretched out to the future so that we can get high today. Yes, yes, gentlemen. You, in the lifestyle of use, were like a Stretch Armstrong doll. You kept stretching yourself further and further, going beyond the line that you told yourself you would never go beyond. And here you are. Well, there's good news. Because that Stretch Armstrong doll that you were willing to stretch and pull and twist and turn in the lifestyle of use, can and does exist in recovery as well. Because what is it that we ask you to do here? We ask you to get out of your comfort zone. We ask you to take risks here. We ask you to move the lines that you say you wouldn't go beyond in recovery. So when you say things like, I'm not comfortable talking in groups, we say, hey, stretch that line. We say, hey... You know, maybe you want to consider joining the choir. And you say, I can't sing. Say, stretch that line. We say to you things like, you know, take healthy risks. Reach out to other people. Allow people in. Become uncomfortable. Stretch yourself further. And we know that when you do, then recovery becomes that much more possible. You can be stretch Armstrong in recovery. You can take healthy risks, risks, allow yourself to be uncomfortable because when you're willing to stretch and move that line, we advance that cause in recovery. It is possible. You see it all around you. You know that there are lights in the eyes of your brothers that seem to be willing to stretch themselves and you want. You say, well, they can do it. But that's not me. Ha <laughs> ha. Guess what? That is you. 
we ask you to stretch yourself and consider this. A saying that I've developed over the years, corny is cool in recovery. You guys walk in here with these attitudes and behaviors. You walk in here, some of you with these jailhouse mentalities. You walk into here like every other rehab that you've ever been to. And you think you've got it all figured out. And then we say corny is cool in recovery and you think, whoa, wait a minute. (laughs) What's that mean? You know, it means we shake each other's hands, we give each other hugs, we take healthy risks, we do the next right thing, we follow a code of conduct instead of following my own code. Stretch yourself a little bit further. And when you do, and when you do, then you get to become one of our next miracles. Stretch Armstrong is alive and well here, gentlemen. We got all these people signed up for our Christmas play. We got people signed up as actors. We got a band. We got a stage crew. We got staff helping. We got all these things, all these miracles. You saw some of these miracles over Thanksgiving. They're all right here. There is nobody. I can look every single one of you guys in the eye and say that recovery is possible for you. The ability to stretch yourself further is possible for you because if you're sitting in this seat, I guarantee you, I promise you, that there are people here that have been worse off than you that have found a way to make it, who have been willing, willing to stretch themselves. This isn't a question of can I stretch myself. It's a question of will you? Do you want it? And you're worth it. Can I have a hallelujah? Hallelujah! My God! is right around the corner. The Christmas season is upon us and we're doing all of our things and the play is a lot of fun and and we hear the music and we see the decorations. Such a beautiful job they did in the front desk over there. Very uh, pretty, beautiful decorations. But, you know, I want to give you a little bit of the history of this holiday. Um, We know it's both a religious holiday and a commercial holiday, right? And they're both good. You know, the religious aspect of it for those who are of the Christian persuasion is wonderful and and the the commercial aspect is a lot of fun for children of all ages as they used to say but I'll give you a little bit of the history of the religious part of it and how the holiday was was placed on December 25th they don't know of course the calendar was different they don't know when Christ was born they don't know that he was born on December 25th you know they don't know uh, for sure any of that but the the founders you know in the early church when they were trying to decide on a day to celebrate the birth of Christ they placed it on the day that was right after December 21st which is the darkest day of the year huh the equinox huh the darkest day of the year so what that means is every day after December 21st we get a little bit more daylight. The light is coming back into the world, huh? This is brilliant metaphor. This is using the, the planet as a metaphor for a very powerful message, huh? At the darkest time, something happened, and then it started to get lighter after that. That's brilliant, huh? But that's exactly what happens here, guys. This is what's happening here for you. You came here at your darkest moment. And every day that you're here, 
if you accept the invitation that David just gave you to stretch yourselves, huh? If you do that, each day gets a little bit lighter. So let that metaphor of Christmas, that little history of Christmas, become personal to you, huh? And and from your darkest day, let each day bring a little bit more light into your life, huh? Have a good day. Thank you, Michael. We, uh, you know, when you think about it, we talk about the concept of hitting bottom, right? A lot of you guys have hit bottom many times, and there's not a heck of a lot darker moments that we experience than hitting that bottom. But we do notice that when we avail ourselves of the process, that every day has the possibility of getting that much lighter, that much brighter. Gentlemen, when you stretch yourselves in recovery, when you embrace your inner corniness and realize that corny is now cool in recovery and you start doing things that are uncomfortable that help you move towards a sober life, we find that this is a place where miracles happen. And gentlemen, miracles happen here at St. Christopher's Inn every single day. No, it's not you know, landing a man on the moon, landing a plane on the Hudson. But man, oh man, when you think about it, there's a lot of miracles sitting here right now. You know, if I were to ask, how many of you guys, based on your drug of choice, should be dead by now? Probably over half of you would raise your hands. If I asked you, how many of you have overdosed? How many of you have overdosed more than once? A number of hands go up. You don't even see the miracles that exist. And for some of you, it may be a good time to realize that the fact that you are here and have this opportunity is a miracle in and of itself. But when you start doing that work, we start to see these miracles happen. The miracle of self-respect. The miracle of family reunification, the miracle of being able to hold a job and keep money in your pocket, the miracle of being able to go before a probation officer or a judge and have to give a urine drug test and know that you don't have to sweat it. These are some of the miracles that we see. And at this time, gentlemen, if you've experienced a miracle here in the past week, if something happened to you that you never thought was possible, but it happened, we ask that you come forward at this time and take a moment to share that miracle. It might not just feel good just to be able to share that you have experienced that miracle, but there might be one of your brothers here who may have a foot out the door and maybe hearing that the miracle was possible for you, that the miracle happened to you, might help keep somebody else grounded here. And maybe you might be a miracle for someone else. So at this time, if you've experienced a miracle in the past week, we ask that you please come forward and share that miracle. Anybody? Come, come, come. Come. Yes. Eric Cole, uh, track one. My miracle was uh, my dad who came up here and... He actually kind of opened himself up, and I actually seen him cry for the first time, and he kind of understood actually what uh, 
Well, he did in some type of way, but like you could really see that he really did understand what the disease is about now. And he, and like he was really humble. You know, I never see him be really humble. So it, to me, that was a miracle. Like, you know, that was really a miracle to me. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, I'm Scott D. Um, when I uh, when I came here, I thought it would be really easy to go through this program because I was not that bad, you know, which was not true. Uh, that was my perspective at the time. And when I got here, uh, I faced things about myself that made me really uncomfortable, and I uh, decided that I, I hated it here, and uh, I wanted to leave. And so I was going to leave, and. Uh, I was going to leave in a really bad mood, and I was going to go back to where I'd been before, and I was probably going to end up drinking and losing everything again. And when I uh, when I called my father to have him come pick me up, he told me he had spoken to my roommates, and they had rented out my bedroom, which was supposed to be paid for for the next three months. And uh, they had done it, you know, behind my back, against my will, whatever. But the point is that it, it was the reason I stayed, and it was something outside of my control, and I think it was for a reason, because I stayed here, and I became great friends with a lot of guys here. I faced my, a lot of my demons, overcame them, and now I'm so happy here, I feel like I could stay here for three more months. I'm in the choir, I'm in the play, and uh, it was miraculous that I lost that apartment. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. How you doing? My name is Robert S. I'm from Track 12. Not sure where to start, but... Um this last run was the mortifying acts I committed to my family and the embarrassment. You know, I was in LIJ in Plainview for three weeks, and I must have called every rehab in the state. I had an abscess that I had to have surgically removed due to IV heroin use, and no one would take me. Nobody. I called every place in the state and other states, and I finally got a bed somewhere else, but I've had heard to come here, and... Somehow I wound up here. But the miracle that I experienced this week was at the age of 40, I thought my family gave up on me. I felt it in my heart. I had no expectations for family day. And that morning of affirmation when my name was called, <laughs> I don't even, I, I'm lost for words, but it was just, the joy that came over me was just, it was impressive, and that somehow, through some miracle, you know, my mother is going to come. You know, I'm not sure about my father yet, because he's really upset, but there's a miracle that my family still cares, because I've really put them through hell, absolute hell, and uh, that's a miracle to me. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. How you doing? Uh, Mark D., track nine. When I came in, I was frail. I was toxic. I was underweight, I was sick, and I called, and they they invited me in, and it's just a miracle what's the turnaround. People are saying, I'm looking better now, you know, I'm, I'm getting more education. Uh, the counselors are just, they're, they're really into it over here, you know, they're great. And, um, you know, if you're sick out there, I would recommend anybody to try this place. It's it's a miracle. It really is. Thank you. Thank you. And it doubles um, as a commercial. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a an addict. Uh, 
I, um, it's a miracle for me to be standing here right now to be able to speak clearly, literally. I, uh, when I came into recovery about a month ago, uh, I went to Seafield in the Hamptons, I, I literally couldn't speak clear, clear English. My English, I was so broken um, from using drugs so many years that at some point, because of the drugs, I just started mumbling. And people would, I would be with people high and they would literally ask me, what do you say? And it would be going on for, for, for years and for months. And I, I really, you know, got hurt by that. And uh, going into recovery months ago was the same thing. I, I just couldn't speak clearly. English is a second language anyways, and it was just difficult for me because of the shame, the guilt, and because of, you know, the fact that I got high so long. I was in, unable to speak in groups in front of people and let alone go to meetings and share meetings was impossible. I've been here for a week now, almost two weeks, actually. And um, you know, I'm standing here right now. And I joined the choir, and at the beginning it was hard to sing. I couldn't sing. I want to sing, and I, I have a solo. You know, it's the second time. I still mumble when I sing, but I get there. Um, so, yeah, it's a miracle. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Eric S., um, last Friday my firstborn was born, and I was sober and present, and uh, the gratitude I had to even be able to go and witness such a thing. And uh, when I came home, all 180 of my brothers, Christopher, just overwhelmed me with love and congratulations, and it's a feeling that I haven't felt in a long time, because before I came here, I was miserable. I really was, and uh, I was going to take jail time over coming here, because it was the easier way out, and uh, I don't know, man. I'm just happy, and that, to me, is a miracle in itself. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. Scott W., Track 13. Um, the last week's been pretty rough for me. Um, yesterday was my daughter's birthday, and I wanted to leave. And uh, I was in a bad mood all day, and everyone knew it. And uh, especially my track brothers, they uh, stuck by me yesterday, and a lot of people came up to me to calm me down. When I'm like that, I seem to be left alone, but they wouldn't leave me alone because they knew that I was thinking bad thoughts. And me waking up this morning with a smile on my face, that's a miracle in my mind. So Great. thank you. Thank you. Gentlemen, people need encouragement like plants need water. The ones who need it the most are the ones who get it the least. There have been people who have been placed in your path that have been sources of encouragement for you. And at this time, we ask that if someone in this room has been of service to you, they helped you get through something rough, something difficult, has been a source of encouragement for you, that you take a moment to recognize them and let them know just how their efforts have been helpful to you. So uh, when we give encouragement, keep two things in mind. Um, one, you know, um, encouragement and praise are two different things. Um, praise generally stops at thank you. Okay, encouragement goes the extra mile and lets that person know just how their efforts have been helpful to you. And um, we ask that you please try to focus on one or two people because when we say, I just want to thank everybody, it loses some of its power. So if there's someone in this room who's been a source of encouragement for you, would you please come forward and be willing to recognize them now? And do it more quickly. <laughs> yeah. How you doing? My name is Gilberto R. Um, a person that was a source of encouragement for me was Michael at admissions. Um, Mike didn't know, right, but I was on the fence about staying here or not. And his positive outlook on this program, right here, his positive outlook. Your positive outlook. Right, your positive outlook on this program really kept me here, and I want to thank you. All right. Uh, how you doing? Uh, Dennis B., track two. And he's not in the room now, but I'd like to encourage Kevin, the counselor. He had a long conversation with me the other day, and uh, as resistant as I can be, it actually made a lot of sense, and it helped me. Great. Let him know. Thank you. Robert S. Track 12. I want to encourage Louis C. Stand up. 
Lewis, I know what you're going through is rough, and I'm afraid to go through it right now because every time I've had to go through something like that, it's always been bad, either in jail or some kind of institution, and you've handled it like a true warrior. And um, how's that help you? It's I. I feel it's helped me because I feel it's possible for me to do what you're doing, and I want to thank you for that. Yeah. Christopher F., track 11, want to encourage Frank A., last week before Thanksgiving, I was really thinking about walking out, and he came up you. to me and talked to me. You came up to me and talked to me and really helped me out and made me at ease, and I wound up staying. So thank you for that. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, Frank A., track 12, I want to encourage Richard O., uh, when I first got here and got put on track, you know, I was quiet, shy, didn't want to say nothing, and he always took me to the side, and, uh, you know, he helped me out, and then that rough week, you know, November 14th that day, he helped me out a lot, man, and I, I thank you for that. How'd that help you exactly? It was a tough day for me, and he got my mind off it, and I got past it. Thanks. Thank you. Stephen N., track three, I want to encourage Chris P., um, for the past month and a half, you've uh, been there for me. I mean, a lot of laughs, and, you know, when I've had my down moments, you've picked me up, and uh, you're leaving Monday, or, and uh, I'm really going to miss you, man. Uh, it's You're definitely a big part of the reason why I'm still here, and uh, I want you to know that, and uh, just thank you for being here for me. Thank you. Steve T, track 10. Uh, I have a, how you doing? I have a couple people, but I know we can only pick a, two, I think he said. So the first guy is Mike, the administration office. I don't know where he is, but... um, Michael. Mike, and uh, th yeah, thank you, man. When I got here, you were helping me out a lot. I had one foot out the door. You know, you helped me to stay, and I appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, for my man, Matthew, right there. He, man, I, I can't... He's awesome. He's awesome. He's been helping me. Why are you telling me? Tell him. He's been helping me through that. Mike, he's been helping me through that. Uh, Matt, I mean, thank you. He's confusing me. <laughs> it's, it might be the Patriots jersey. But, um, no, Matthew, th thanks a lot, man. I appreciate everything you're doing for me. You're helping me stay here, and I'm learning a lot more. Thank you. Michael B., track 12. Uh, I just want to encourage uh, Jared S. and uh, Matthew G. Um, you guys, every morning I wake up, I'm, uh, you know, not too pleasant in the morning, but, you know, I come down to work in the kitchen, and you two always have smiles on your face, you know, o always ready to go, even when i got to wake Jared up. But, I mean, you guys are uh, you guys are always in a good mood, have a good attitude, and I appreciate that. It puts me in a better mood. Yeah. And they look like twins, right? Uh, my name is Abraham, track 6. I want to encourage uh, Corey. Uh, he helped me out. You helped me out with the packet that I was doing from uh, I got from my counselor, and I never asked anyone for help for anything. You know, you, you did that for me. You know, I'm a, I'm a self-made warrior. You know, that's how I feel. But it's okay to ask for help, and that that's like it's a, it's a small lesson for me to learn. I appreciate that. Thank you, Michael. Hi, Michael Michael Bosher, Project Renewal. Uh, David, I want to acknowledge you because we always try to teach the guys how important it is to both give and receive encouragement, huh? and what a big part of the spiritual, you know, uh, nourishment that, that 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 gives us. But um, you know, we have a, a Christmas luncheon every year, uh, the staff, and this year it was uh, scheduled for a Wednesday originally, and um, you know that I'm off on Wednesdays, and you took the trouble to call me and to ask me if I could change my schedule. 
And when it turned out that I couldn't change my schedule, you changed the, the, the day of the luncheon. You changed it to a Tuesday so that I could be there. You have no idea. You have no idea how how uh, special that makes me feel. It makes me feel uh, included. It makes me feel important. It validates me. It makes me feel like I would be missed if I wasn't there. And um, I just wanted to let you know that uh, it's very. It was very important to me. Thank you. Thank you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna shut this thing down now. Um, I hope you guys are able to see. I hope you're able to uh, take in, despite all our issues and all of our problems, all the good that exists here. It is all around us. You know, sometimes we can see the forest through the trees, and we can look past the little things that drive us crazy and see the bigger picture. And just, you know, as a former counselor of mine used to say, you know, we got to rub that in. Uh, so uh, before I go, I want to let people know that uh, if you are interested in uh, learning more about St. Christopher's Inn, please visit our website at stchristophersinn.org. Uh, we've got our Christmas play coming up. We've got New Year's celebrations. We've got all kinds of parties, all kinds of information about admissions, our thrift shop, and everything else. So until next time, we wish you peace, serenity, and sobriety. sobriety.